Hello, welcome to Weekend Watchlist, a look at what's screening and streaming brought to you by The Letterbox Show. I'm Mitchell, he's Slim. Hello. And together we'll dig through what's dropping this weekend, last weekend, recent trends on Letterboxd, and we'll also take a peek at our own watch list. All under 30 minutes, or we will unfortunately have to delete the Letterboxd page for Greta Gerwig's Barbie. People check that page literally all day long for updates. Have you noticed this? We've got to be on top of it. People are on, they're, they're getting in there, they're seeing what's going on, what are the latest Barbie deets. We got to make sure that it's all up to date. It's all prim and proper. Margot Robbie's checking it. She's checking it every single day. We know this. <laughs> the amount of buzz last week from Margot's alleged letterbox account that we debunked, by the way, last week. We debunked it. You you debunked. Let's, let's, let's give you the credit that you deserve. You debunked it. <laughs> I don't know if I want that that authority anymore, <laughs> especially with the Barbie fans. But this is Top Gun Maverick Week. Are big you ready week. to celebrate this week, Mitchell, with me? Top Gun Maverick Week. I, it's it's a bit it's a big week. It's a big week. <laughs> I think you have you have in our notes here the the biggest episode in history, which is this which is, is interesting. I I also confirmed this as well as debunking her alleged letterbox count. I confirmed this is the biggest episode in history. Top Gun Two, the Bob's Burgers movie, RRR is our third one, and we'll look back at community reviews from the past week, and of course, as you mentioned, our own watch list this week. Yeah, well, I mean, let's let's just get right into it. As you said, a very big week. Tom Cruise heads there. They're flying through the rafters. They're heading back into the danger zone. Let's get into our first film, Top Gun. Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, Cruz's, you know, friend from uh, Oblivion a few years back, a, th- a film mm. that I think is underrated personally. Yep. Launching yep. into theaters this weekend on 44,000 watch lists, the synopsis for Top Gun Maverick, after more than 30 years of service as one of the Navy's top aviators, Pete Mitchell is where he belongs, pushing the envelope as a courageous test pilot and dodging the advancement in rank that would ground him. Cruz will not be grounded. Now, Slim, <laughs> I know this is, I mean, this is a big one for you. We've we've all been waiting. You've relaunched. You, you and your friends yes. have a Tom Cruise filmography podcast that you have relaunched specifically for Top Gun Maverick. So let me see the floor for you. What are your thoughts on Maverick? I know you've seen it. You've seen the IMAX screening. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. I mean, my entire life has been leading to this moment. Jesus. This movie coming out after 40 years. You have a child. <laughs> This is bigger than my own child. I was lucky enough to go to a screening uh, nearby uh, a Monday night, and it seemed like it was almost like a screening for like local flight schools that I weaseled into somehow. So there was like a Top Gun actually speaking ahead of the movie playing. He was telling us how dangerous it is and the real life effects of being that kind of pilot. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I gave this five stars. Five stars. Five stars. And you mentioned the Tom Cruise retrospective podcast that my buddy, my friends and I do. We love Tom if that hasn't been apparent over the history of this podcast. But we've been going through his filmography over the last couple of years, and we're jumping ahead to cover Top Gun Maverick very soon. So if anyone loves Tom as much as I do, by all means, check that out. But, I mean, I'm honestly shocked that, like, this movie is a thing, period. Yeah. And that it's very good. I mean, all the the pre-hype was coming out ahead of this. Uh, people were like losing their minds. I'm like, all right, <laughs> calm down. It's a, it's a Top Gun sequel. It's 2022. How good can it be? Yeah. Mitchell, I wept in theaters seeing this movie. There you go. Wept. 
I mean, you're not you're not the only one. Uh, Letterbox editor at large, Dominic Corey's review on Letterbox. I'm not saying I cried, but I'm not saying I didn't cry either. Okay, I am saying I cried. I cried a lot. Dom, be with me. Oh, please. <laughs> I was trying to see. So The Color of Money is, you know, one of his famous movies. Paul Newman, you know, a sequel to The Hustler years later. Scorsese. I mean, I is this? I think this might be the longest sequel with the same lead for like, I mean, it's almost 40 years. The only, I tried to search. I think Blade Runner might be the closest one. And, you know, Harrison Ford is kind of sort, sort of in that one, at least. It's just right, so bizarre yeah. to me that this exists and it's successful, at least in terms of critical acclaim. Yeah, a lot of, you know, a lot of people on Letterboxd have seen it already from the uh, those kind of advanced screenings, from the Cannes premiere showing mm. that they had there. One other review I wanted to spot, like Dawson's review for the film. Tom Cruise is untouchable at this point, and in case you didn't know it, the film reminds you with every few, holy shit, how the F did they get that gobsmacking sequences? And then between those gobsmacking sequences, characters will literally tell the audience that he's the last of his kind, and no one does it better. And no one does. And I think, I mean, that's probably a pretty apt statement. I, I haven't been able to see Maverick yet, but I definitely am a huge Tom Cruise fan. And it, he really mm. is a guy who's doing it like nobody else is doing it right now. And I know, speaking of Tom Cruise, I think your, your Tom Cruise retrospective podcast interview with the podcast Vampire, I think you said that the last you went on kind of a hiatus um, the last one that you had covered was Mission Impossible 3, right? Yeah, Mission Impossible 3 was the last one. And the new Mission Impossible Dead oh Reckoning Part 1 trailer my dropped God. this week. Now, uh, I I don't watch trailers. I don't I don't need to see it. I don't need to see anything about this movie. I am 100% in. Do you watch the trailer for it? I gave in, Mitchell. I'm too weak. A new <laughs> Mission Impossible trailer. I, it, it looks insane. Yeah. We, I mean, we're living in like another Tom Cruise renaissance. You have this movie, you have Dead Reckoning Part 1 next year, and then Part 2 maybe the year after or shortly after. I mean, the next three years are going to be insane. And he's still, he's going that thing where he's going to space, right? Isn't he going to space for that, that one movie coming out? I mean, up? eat your heart out, Dominic Toretto. The real <laughs> star is in town for these action movies, okay? Tough talk. Tough talk for the D's there. <laughs> All right, we have to move on. I'd love to talk about Tom more, but we have so much to cover this week. <laughs> the Bob's Burgers movie coming out in theaters also this weekend. This is on 11,000 watch list. Lauren Bouchard and Bernard Derryman co-direct. Uh, Bob's Burgers, you know, you know the story, but let me read the synopsis for this particular <laughs> film. When a ruptured water main creates an enormous sinkhole right in front of Bob's Burgers, it blocks the entrance indefinitely and ruins the Belcher's plans for a successful summer. While Bob and Linda struggle to keep the business afloat, the kids try to solve a mystery that could save the family's restaurant. Me and my family are massive Bob's fans. What about you, Mitchell? Where do you stand on Bob's Burgers? I, I've never quite seen it, I don't think. I My like only real recollection of it, when I, I used to live in an apartment that had like a gym kind of complex near the office, and so I would... They had a TV in there, so I would like run on the treadmill and watch The Simpsons while I was running on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. And Bob's Burgers would like play after The Simpsons on that like Fox like comedy night thing. And so mm -hmm. I would see some of it then, but did, wasn't really picking it in. I was too much in my my head of you know I think I'm going to die. I'm running so much. Um, so I never I never really retained too much. So I'm not super familiar with it, but it is interesting to me. I know this like kind of like Top Gun Maverick is one of those films that. 
has been in development for a really long time and it's finally coming out now. And I am curious kind of what what the audience is going to be for it, if it's going to have, you know, a really big following. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure like what kind of the audience is for the TV show now, you know? Yeah, you're right. When the Simpsons movie came out, that was kind of a big deal. For yeah. like, I grew up watching the Simpsons as many people did. And the Simpsons movie was kind of like a return to form, you know, like after season 10-ish. Yeah. Kind of goes downhill, obviously, but the movie was like, oh my God, are they back? This is great. Everybody remembers Spider Pig. <laughs> Everyone remembers Spider Pig. And this one, I don't know, I, I'm in a different space where like, I'm not clamoring to go to theaters to see a Bob's Burgers movie. Like, throw that right. thing on Hulu. My family and I would love to watch that at home. I'm surprised that it's not like a, stre- a streaming direct mm-hmm. kind of thing. A Chippendales, Rescue Rangers, you know, yeah. right on Disney Get, Plus kind of. Do the same thing, but yeah. the... I, we love Bob's Burgers. It still feels like it's the core tenet of the show is still the same where it's like like a family struggling to make ends meet while also raising a family. Yeah. And that well, is some of my favorite stuff from the early Simpsons run. And they still maintain that in Bob's. I'm not sure how long it'll last, right. but I'm excited to see this. So Dan Bayer's review of this movie. I've only seen a couple of episodes of the TV show, but this won me over in about a minute with its quirky big-hearted sense of humor. I laughed a lot and love that there are so many different styles of jokes and visual gags throughout. A delight whether you've seen the show or not. So see, there you go. Positive. So I might, as someone, that's that's a good review for somebody like me to see where I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. know if this is even for me. I haven't really seen the show. So maybe, maybe I'll like it. But somebody who has seen the show, Fake Rob Hunter's Letterboxd Review, as funny and sweet as the show's best episodes, doesn't try to stretch beyond the expected, but delivers more than enough laughs and heart for its feature length. Kevin Klein continues to rule. I did not know Kevin Klein was a voice in this oh, movie, so yeah. I'm I'm pretty excited for that, Kevin Klein. Yeah, he's a big part of the show, believe it or not. He's on there almost there, every episode. I'm, I might need to get into this show, Kevin Klein. I mean, It's time. That's, Hulu, that's if guy. you want to sponsor the show, give a free month to- uh, Hulu. <laughs> we're listening Hulu (laughs) oh god so I'm excited to see that I don't know if it'll be this weekend you know I'm trying to talk my wife and go in to see that in theaters we also have Stranger Things dropping Friday a lot like of nine Stranger hours Things dropping of on Stranger Friday. Things a lot on of Friday. Stranger Things <laughs> Is everyone at Letterboxd taking Friday off so they can watch all of Stranger Things the same day? I th- yeah, I think that's that's the that's the vibe, right? Letterboxd. <laughs> We're big big Stranger Things heads over here. It's it's Barbie, it's Stranger Things, Top Gun Maverick. That's that's what we're doing over here. Yep. Let's move on to a film that is now currently streaming on Netflix, RRR, directed by S.S. Rajamoli. It's still on 16,000 watch lists, but it has. this is a film that has been blowing up on Letterboxd, yeah. on film Twitter, everywhere you can see the synopsis, Rise, Roar, Revolt, a fictional history of two legendary revolutionaries' journey away from home before they began fighting for their country in the 1920s. It's streaming on Netflix now. It is also getting a one-day-only encore screening in U.S. theaters June 1st, which we'll put a link for the details on that in the show notes. Now, I haven't seen this film yet. I'm very curious about it, though, but I know that you you caught it this morning, right, on Netflix? Yeah, Gemma was talking to us on our Slack and she was really recommending it. We'll read her review in a sec, but she was like, Slim, you might really love this. This is like bromance, action. This is right up your alley. So I, you know, with our recording schedule, I just set my alarm for 6 a.m. <laughs> to get out of bed to watch this movie. This is three hours. The appropriate time to watch <laughs> Best this movie. time to wake up and watch a movie before your family wakes up. <laughs> um, so in my review, I gave it four and a half stars. 
There's a yeah. there is you're right. There's a lot of buzz on Twitter. And my review, I wrote that it's like somehow equal parts summer blockbuster, video game cutscenes, musical, bromance drama, and historical epic, all in the same uh, movie. This Indian epic historical piece, you know, it like posits the fact that these two revolutionaries they have a part of their lives where it's undocumented. And the film is based on like, you know, maybe they met each other at some point and then this movie happened. So I was pretty shocked. I mean, the buzz, the hype is real for this one. So it's very hard to real. go in and be like, you know, is it actually that good? But it is very good. So I, I do I do think that I it, it is dubbed in Hindi on Netflix right now. It is available in 4K. But there is some talk, I think, that you saw that maybe the aspect ratio is different on Netflix and the original language version in theaters might be the best bet. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some people not super happy with the the yeah those shifts for the Netflix release. So that's why I'm I'm gonna wait until the you know the full proper version of it. I think is available for me to see the intended I guess version of it. But that is mm-hmm. the version that is playing in theaters there on June first for people to see that. You four and a half from you five stars from Gemma as you mentioned in her letterbox review. An absolute banger from start to finish. I'm seeing Top Gun Maverick later this week and already. Feel sorry for it. Gemma, please unless, calm down. <laughs> unless Le Cruz fights a tiger, wins a dance competition, concocts a natural antidote to snake venom, and takes on the American military industrial complex with his frequently shirtless BFF, I don't want to know about it. Slim, what do you have to... <laughs> she's coming for your guy. She, based on that request, she might be coming away disappointed from Top Gun Maverick. So yeah, the, maybe uh, The American military industrial complex might get a, a little bit of a rosier, uh, a rosier <laughs> yeah. outlook in Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> uh, Brandon also left a review for RRR, which, reminder, it's streaming on Netflix right now. A maximalist joy with jaw on the floor, set pieces, head spinning choreography, and a genuinely moving friendship at the center. The best theatrical experience I've had in years. Easy. Kind of movie that rattles your bones. I spent the entire runtime either losing my mind, choking up, or both. Pretty much everything I want from cinema. There you go. Pretty pretty high praise for RRR there. So let's look back at last week. A lot of stuff happened last week, but as I said inarguably the biggest show we've ever done this week. Bigger than last week. (laughs) Sorry, last week. Sorry, man. Sorry, (laughs) Sorry. Alex Garland. (laughs) Retire last week. So (laughs) Men has officially been out in more audiences, more theaters, and the average is dropping just a little bit. It's at 3.1 right now. I think it was at like 3.5 last week. Uh, So real quick, I'll spotlight uh, a few reviews for Men as it's in theaters. This comes from Ben Jessup. Alex Garland, be like, if you can't handle me at my men, you don't deserve me at every other film I've worked on. (laughs) Uh, And T. Tony Tone's review. I'm glad I saw this movie because I wanted to see it. I was very curious. And I inevitably was going to see it anyways. But knowing what I know now about the movie, I should have just gone and seen Sonic the Hedgehog 2 instead. We got... We do get a little Sonic reference here in Potato Butler's review of Chip and Dale, which you and Mia talked about last week. Their review of Chip and Dale. Absolutely horrifying to see the ugly Sonic model in motion. <laughs> we really dodged a bullet there, guys. And yeah. L's review for Chip and Dale. 
pretty fun and definitely doesn't take itself too seriously. Loved that there was a Muppet in the mix of this real slash cartoon universe. And most of the jokes were definitely for the 35 to 45 year olds, mm-hmm. though, which I mean, I'm I'm about to turn 32, so that might be right in my wheelhouse. I think <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting there. Uh, so I know uh, at least one of the things that you want to bring up from the last week, but I do want to call out that you officially are our next guest for the Letterbox Show next week where we get into a little bit about your physical collection. So if people dig Weekend Watch List, I think everyone's going to love listening to you on the Letterboxd show proper next week. Great app, by the way. Great app. Great episode. We recorded last night. I've I've heard that it's, you know, the best episode that's ever been done of the Letterboxd show. <laughs> like apologies to Sean Baker, apologies to the blank check guys. You know, one thing that I do mention, we do, as you said, talk about um, my troubling physical media collection, um, which is overtaking uh, my home. But one thing that I mentioned in there that I got recently that I wanted to bring up here was uh, wild, the new 4K Blu-ray of Wild Things out from Arrow Mama Video. Yeah, I, I watched it. I got it last week. I watched it almost immediately. I don't usually, when things come in, I've got, you know, work going on. It usually takes me a little bit of time to get to it. But Wild Things came in. I put that right in the Blu-ray player, booted it up. I haven't seen the movie in like 15 years uh-huh. and I love it even more now than I ever did before. I think when I saw it, I was, you know, probably 17 ish. It was just this, like, it was one of those kind of like adult, like erotic thrillers. I hadn't seen a lot of stuff like this. It felt like I was doing something a little, you know, wrong, a little naughty, like mm-hmm. watching a movie like that. And, but now I'm watching these movies every day. I've been in like an erotic thriller vibe <laughs> lately. Um, you know, you must remember this is doing erotic thriller season right now. As you talked mm-hmm. to Karina Longworth about that recently on the Letterboxd show. And I've just been very in an erotic thriller mood. And you know, Wild Things is exactly the kind of swampy, sweaty, slutty movie to cure any ailments. And it's it's perfect for a midnight viewing, which is when I watched it. Like I, one of those movies that you put on at midnight, you're like, I don't know, I'll probably fall asleep halfway through and finish this tomorrow, but I could not stop watching it. Your, your review, four and a half stars in Letterboxd, watching wild things on 4K feels like an evolution of the species. It's true. Amazing review. Before we look into the updates on the Letterboxd Top 50 2022, I did want to shout out some new content we've got going on Journal. Right now, some interviews we've got coming up that are speaking to films that we've talked about, you know, recently on Weekend Watch List. Isaac Feldberg did a great interview with Rory Kinnear from Men, who plays the many men of men. Um, Gemma herself interviewed Kevin Doyle from Downton Abbey, who plays the Downton Abbey's resident cinephile, Mr. Molesley, on there, which is a really fun interview. And I also, you know, you and Mia talked about Emergency last week, which is now out on Amazon Prime. Um, this weekend, it was out in theaters last weekend, it's out on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime this weekend, which as you mentioned last week, both you and Mia were big fans of. I'm also a really huge fan of. You read my review last week. And we have an interview from Annie Lyons with the cast and the filmmakers behind it that is, I mean, just a, one, a ton of fun, but then also like the film, it's a ton of fun, but it also gets into kind of the serious subject matter of it. And I definitely would encourage everybody to check out the stuff that we've got going on in journal. There's a lot of really great interviews and everything else going on over there. Annie killing it, as Annie always. Annie killing it. As always. And we mentioned the reviews earlier in the show. We'll mention some more during our uh, upcoming segments. But if you want your review potentially featured on the show, tag it with Weekend Watch List. There are a ton of reviews that got tagged this past week. So it was cool to see what people were shuffling, what they walk, watch on the weekends, and the new stuff that, that was out. Keep them coming. 
Okay, and now it is our time every week where we check in on the Letterboxd Top 50 of 2022 to see what is at the top of the list for things released this year, what is entering, what is shifting around. Jack has given us, you know, the updates. Jack has given us the the top juicy bits. And we've got some big news this week (gasps) for the top five. Something that might pique your interest, Slim. Top Gun Maverick is in the list, charging from number 11 last week to number five now, oh. ranking ahead of the Batman, which I'm very grateful for. I do not I do not care for the Batman. <laughs> Tom Cruise officially better than Batman, according officially. to the top 50 of 2022. You can't deny the, the data. The data is true. <laughs> the data's it's undeniable. There. We've got it from Jack. We got it from Jack. It's 100% <laughs> real. Uh, it was only overtaken this week by a tiny shell called Marcel as Dean Fleischerkamp's Marcel the Shell with shoes on, based on the animated shorts with the same name, reached number four after finally reaching uh, the threshold to make this list. Uh, and our own Mia saw this, co-host a Weekend Watch List. So we, we rang Mia up and got her thoughts, and we, we noted uh, Mia's thoughts in text form, so we'll read them right now. <laughs> I laughed, I cried, I love that little guy. Perfectly balances the silly and the cerebral, the optimistic and the melancholic, in addition to being adorable, Marcel also presents profound poetic interrogations of loneliness, community, and the emptiness of viral fame. A savory treat wrapped up in a sweet little shell smiley emoji. A smiley emoji from Mia. I mean, what more? Golly. Like, if you, what, what, what else do you need to make sure that you're going to see <laughs> this movie? Jack, Jack notes that the film debuted at Telluride last year. It played a couple of festivals, and then it was acquired by... A24 for release. It's coming out on Mm. June 24th. So people will be able to experience that savory treat that Mia is talking about pretty soon, pretty soon. A nice little summer, nice little summer treat there for you. Summer delights. Let's get some more delights going before we wrap up this episode. Let's shuffle our own watch list. This is the most, inarguably the most popular segment of the show. We'll go back to our own watch list. We'll talk about the movies that we shuffled when we were last together, and we'll pick some new ones, and we'll read some reviews from uh, other friends shuffling their watch list. So last time we were together, I shuffled and got some filth, finally, (laughs) from my watch list. Blood Fist 6. This was streaming on Tubi. This is a Tubi movie. The, and yeah, if anyone it's, uses Blood Tubi, you know sounds what I'm like saying. a Tubi movie for sure. <laughs> and believe it or not, there's like nine of these Blood Fist movies. They're I believe all it. on Tubi. I, I do all, believe it. They're all on Tubi. So I skipped the first five. I just went right to Blood Fist six. And what I was told too, I think in uh, maybe the seventy millimeter Discord, is that all of these Blood Fist movies, the lead character just plays a different character in all of these movies. Don Wilson, seasoned actor in the 2B space, if I can be frank. But (laughs) I had a lot of fun. You know, he plays a soldier that tries to overtake terrorists from a nuclear weapons uh, plant. And the acting is horrible in this movie. (laughs) There's some extremely racist characters, but this is just one of those movies that I find so endearing, just having this on in the background. Like, it's fun. It's in 4x3, SD on Tubi, and these people are trying hard. You know, the action scene, you can tell they're really trying hard. These are fun movies for me. I love watching these movies. So I give it three stars. Blood God Fist bless six. them. 
God, Blood Fist Bless Six. I, I think that's the way that you're supposed to watch it is Six first. That's what I hear. It's like Star Wars where you, you know, you got to go kind of the out of release order these days. <laughs> yes. I, my watch list shuffle last time gave me Presumed Innocent. Unfortunately, not on Tubi. It's not there with Blood Fist uh, right oh. next to Presumed Innocent. But Alan J. Pakula directed this film starring Harrison Ford as a deputy prosecutor who is trying to solve the case of his uh, murdered uh, former lover, mistress, whatever you would like to call her. And then he unfortunately gets accused of the crime. Oh, no. Harrison Ford, did he do it? You never know with Harrison. He's, he's getting up to some tricks. My, <laughs> my letterbox review of the film, me watching the first half of Presumed Innocent, Harrison Ford feels kind of miscast in this. Me watching the second half of Presumed Innocent, Harrison Ford is perfectly cast oh. in this. I, I have to admit, I was a little bit lost in kind of the first act of this one. I couldn't really get into it as Ford's character was trying to solve the case. Um, it was a little bit, the plot was a little bit muddled for me. Mm -hmm. But then I kind of discovered that that's almost somewhat intentional as Ford's character is kind of floundering himself trying to uncover the truth. And then once he's accused of the crime, it really takes off and becomes super thrilling. But not, not I mean, it's not, it's definitely in... There's some of that erotic thriller vein of right. these movies that I've been watching lately, but it didn't get as salacious as something like Wild Things. Mm -hmm. So I was I was kind of waiting for it to go there, but maybe that's just because I've been injecting these movies into right. me. Wild uh, Things on the Brain. Yeah, exactly. But I did want to shout out Patrick Willem's review of Presumed Innocent. Finally, a movie where Harrison Ford's jizz is a major <laughs> plot point. So if you've if you've been waiting, if you've been looking for a film like that, which I think Blade Runner 2049 kind of can apply for that as well, <laughs> interestingly enough. But if that's what you're looking for, that's a great double feature, maybe. Uh, officially, We're officially earning that explicit tag on this episode, thanks to Patrick Willem's review on Letterboxd. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, people also shuffling their watch list alongside of us. We see the weekend watch list tag on these reviews. Diddy Rose on the count of three, a very poignant dark comedy told with great verisimilitude, especially when it comes to mental health. And this is not an easy task. I ached for it to end differently, but knew it never could. I'm just glad a movie like this exists. Yeah. So I, thank you for that review. Again, love that movie. Check out On the Count of Three. Phillips review for Jackass 4.5, which they tagged Weekend Watchlist. I don't know if a film has ever caused me to experience the range of emotions that Jackass 4.5 <laughs> did. I laughed. I got choked up, didn't quite cry, but close. I was thrilled and I nearly vomited. God oh bless God. these beautiful maniacs. So if you want to get some vomit mixed with your tears, Jackass 4.5, it's <laughs> it's the film for you if that's what you're after. Like Caramba. So let's head to our watch list. We'll get our next pick together before the episode ends. Uh, head to your watch list on the website or the app. Filter service by stream only. That's what we do because it's easy access for us to see what's streaming. And then sort by shuffle. And that will be your movie to watch before the next time we record together. Mitchell, did you get your pick yet? I have got my pick. And it's, again, a very slim pick for me this week. <laughs> my film is 1993, directed by Rennie Harlan. The film is Cliffhanger. Oh, what a picture. <laughs> oh, my God. Starring Sylvester Stallone, the synopsis, a year after losing his friend in a tragic 4,000-foot fall, former Ranger Gabe Walker and his partner Hal are called to return to the same peak 
to rescue a group of stranded climbers only to learn the climbers are actually thieving hijackers who are looking for boxes full of money. I know John Lithgow is the villain in this, and I have heard oh, that yeah. it is a quite a John Lithgow performance. He was really in his pocket doing villains in the 90s, so I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing this one. It's streaming on Netflix now for people who want to watch it along with me. Holy cow. Good luck. John Lithgow does one of the worst accents in cinema history in that movie. I can't As, as is his right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go to my watch list. I'm going to sort by shuffle. Where's that button at? Sort by. What do we got here? Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> Blood Fist 7. <laughs> uh, all right, streaming on Peacock. Peacock Army, rise up. Goran Stolovesky's You Won't Be Alone. Have you seen this? I don't know if I uh, see this live. I have, on the, on I have not seen it myself, but yeah, it played at, it premiered at uh, Sundance. Let me read the synopsis. It's a wicked thing, this world. In an isolated mountain village in the 19th century Macedonia, a young feral witch accidentally kills a peasant. She assumes the peasant's shape to see what life is like in her skin, igniting a deep-seated curiosity to experience life inside the body of others. Yeah, I know Numi, Numi Rapace is the lead in that, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, people know from Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and Prometheus and films like that, so. My blood fist days are over. Sorry, I'm back. <laughs> Tubi, I'll see you in a few weeks. I'm off Tubi for the near future. Thanks so much for listening to Weekend Watchlist brought to you by The Letterbox Show. You can follow Mitchell, Slim, that's me, and our HQ page on Letterbox using the links in our episode notes. You can also look out for Mitchell's episode dropping next week on this same feed. I think you'll love it. I also guarantee, guarantee <laughs> you will love it. <laughs> thanks to our crew and thanks to Letterbox member Trent Wallen for the theme music Eyes On. Thanks to Jack for the facts and Sophie Shin for the episode transcript. And thanks to you for listening. Weekend Watchlist is a Tape Deck production. This, this, this is a Tape Deck podcast. Oh.